Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Podcast and soccer we trust. Oh, Jimmy Trusted, Cream Cheese, Conrad Nino Conrad, alongside Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And guys, we've had some big midweek games that aren't Champions League games, but there was one Europa League game due to postponements rounding, surrounding, excuse me, our players. But uh, first and foremost, I haven't seen you for a couple days. Heath, you're looking good, kind of. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you've been out like playing pickleball on the beach or something. What's happening with you? I'm a little bit uh, just uh, disheveled at the moment, uh, but but life is good. I got a little sun this morning. That's probably what it is. I actually yeah, was yeah, you nice know, glow. You have a nice I glow. Felt, I, I felt a little uh, kind of um, claustrophobic today. You ever you ever spend enough time in your house? Where you're like, I need to go outside. That's the issue. Uh, so did that, and uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. But thanks for noticing, Jimmy. For better no, or worse, uh, thank you for noticing. Hey, you know, I mean, it's it's neither nor here nor there. I think is the phrase I wanted to say. How about you, Chuck? What's going on? You looking good in your, uh, is that, is that the U S second kit? What are we, this is that warm up kit. And I, I saw somebody said, looks like they, a rainbow threw up, was thrown up on my shirt. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm hyped for playoffs tonight. MLS cup playoffs, yep, LA yep. galaxy, LAFC and Cincinnati versus the Philadelphia union. We had Bedoya on the show. So I, I can't wait to watch these matches tonight. Yeah, it's going to be good. We're going to get into both of the MLS games tonight, and then uh, we'll yeah. save our preview. For Jimmy, what was Sunday our picks, by the but, way? I, 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 does uh, does producer Alex have our picks uh, screenshotted or or whatever? I, sh- I, I don't, don't know if he does or doesn't. Uh, I, I just put up a YouTube a YouTube video on my own channel, Shameless Plug Alert, uh, for my previews for these last four games. But um, you know, if anybody wants to watch, I have LAFC <laughs> and Philly winning tonight. I think the two number one seeds, though historically, don't usually do well after having a first round bye. I think both of them are going to somehow find a way to get through. Do you guys agree with that? If we just get into these MLS predictions really quick? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, yeah. so so let's break down the LA Derby, El Trafico. This is the 17th mm-hmm. time they've played against each other. And at home, at the Bank of California Stadium, LAFC's only lost once in all competitions. The last time they have played in the playoffs was only once, and it was at the Bank, and LAFC won 5-3. to three. So 
Keith, as our resident LAFC color commentator, mm-hmm. I'm sure I know where you're leaning, but uh, how do you think this game is going to play out? I mean, if you saw the way the LA Galaxy uh, put away Nashville, I mean, they're going to be tough to play against. They're going to play scrappy. They'll be hard, and and I don't think it'll be easy whatsoever. Um, but I do think LAFC will win this one. I'm actually going to be at this game. I'm taking my kids, actually, uh, to their first uh, professional yeah. soccer game. So Wow. I, wow. Uh, Five you know when you talk about like calling in, calling in. Uh, by the way, Bedoya thought I didn't have any kids. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, bro, you 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 obviously don't don't ever look at my social media because that's the only thing I got going right now is just posting pictures of my kids. But I'm taking them to their to their first ever game. I I'd hoped to take them to Angel City this year, but Jimmy was giving away his tickets so so quickly that they were tough <laughs> to get, and they just weren't quite ready there to have like late nights, you know, because um, I've got a, a two year old. But now this is going to be the one. Uh, and what an introduction it'll be. But I, I think LAFC uh, win this one because I just think they're programmed a little bit differently than we've seen in the past under Steve Trundle. I think they've got a few different game plans they can go to when things aren't working, or at least the depth of a roster that can play a different way if things aren't working. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give them the win in this one. But I do think it'll be tight and um, and 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 could be a, a very – yeah, it could could go the other way. Uh, I wouldn't put that out whatsoever. But I think LAFC. Well, what's your final home. score? Yeah, he's covering he's covering yeah. both bases here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what's the final score? The I, way, I went on LAFC. CBS Sports. I'm hedging. I'm over two and a half. I'm I'm hedging for future employment, Charlie. You know what I mean? Like you know, you know. <laughs> I refuse to ever say anything bad about anybody just because you know someday oh, I might need uh, need that favor, like free tickets to a game uh, in the playoffs for the first time. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. By the way. Yeah, I, I playoff games like this, I, I could see it opening up, and I could, I'm going to say three one. It's going to be tight for a while, but I th- I think uh, I think um, LAFC score quite a bit of goals, and you know how these are at the end of the games. Get, the game opens up, and it's just put one away to just bury the game. So three one for LAFC. Okay, now Charlie, I just have to throw this out there as kind of a what the hell is going on? Chicharito is up for league MVP, mm-hmm. but on the Phillies side, Daniel Gazdag is not the guy had 22 goals and six assists and was obviously one of the most important players for Philly this season, though they had a lot of important players that stepped up and played well. What the hell is going on with that? No disrespect to Chicharito, but the guy missed some key penalties along the way. And I don't think Gazdag would have done that. Anyway, tell us about your LA Derby scoreline and what you think is going to happen there first. And then we can transition over to Philly. I have LAFC winning uh, MLS cup. I just think at home they play, you know, three games to win MLS cup. I, I just think when you're looking at the midfield, LA Galaxy have strengthened it, no doubt. Ricky Butch is a baller. And mm-hmm. I'd even say Gast- Gaston Brugman comes in and has really solidified that midfield. So you have now Ricky Butch playing underneath, being a supplier for Chicharito, but also being able to, to find and spray the ball, which didn't exist before. But LAFC just have too many weapons. Dennis Buanga down the left side. You have Carlos Vela, Gareth Bale probably coming off the bench. And Christian Arango... I think that was the best thing with Gareth Bale coming to the team is he motivated and pushed Arango to be better, mm-hmm. to work harder, to finish his chances if he has any. And this is just a team playing with a lot of spirit. Galaxy backline still, for me, is not is not good enough. I don't trust them. Um, you know, Martin Caceres, uh, Caceres comes in. I Martin Caceres, I feel he's made them better, but I still don't have much confidence in that group being consistent to, to keep clean sheets and to keep keep LAFC from getting uh, enough opportunities in a match to win. It could be one of those games, too, where it's going to be the goalkeeper that ends up proving to be the biggest difference. Which one can make the bigger of the saves throughout this I, competition? I take LAFC's goalkeeper, too. Maxine Crepeau, for me, is is one of the best in the league. 
Yeah, and I think yeah, that's he's been, been the one that's kept in a lot of games. Yeah, yeah totally, they've never totally. had they've never had outside of their first two seasons they've never had a true out and out number one that has been that reliable goalkeeper that makes the big saves once in a while um, that needs to make the big saves to keep their teams in matches. And Kripo had a, a little bit of a dip middle of the season, but by and large, has been one of their best players con- in mm-hmm. terms of consistency over the over the whole year. Yeah, and you're right. I think historically they've always had a little bit of trouble in that goalkeeper spot, or at least uh, the years preceding. This one. Now let's talk Philly versus FC Cincinnati. Chuck, I'll come to you on this one. Cincinnati said, uh, or didn't say, but they put out a statement ultimately by beating New York Red Bulls away from home two Mm -hmm. to one. That's their first ever playoff game in MLS. And they did the business. And I thought was pretty impressed. They scored a very good goal at the end. Brandon Vasquez uh, beating out Aaron Long. We've already discussed uh, the the intimate details of that particular play. Now it pertains to Aaron Long in particular. Do you think, though, because Pat Noonan was an assistant for Jim Curtin at the Philadelphia <laughs> Union for four years, that this FC Cincinnati team, who Philly didn't beat, by the way, they drew 1-1 in Philly, and they also lost in Cincinnati 3-1, could be that bogey team? Because then you also Bless added you, Chris Albright. Chris Albright was in the front office for Philly for eight years, and now he's the general manager of FC Cincinnati. There's just a lot of ties between the two clubs, and I wonder if that means that FC Cincinnati, like I just mentioned, is Philadelphia Union's bogey team. What do you say, Chuck? It very well could be, but the union are so strong at home. So good. So good. And especially at home, I have them winning this game, but losing in the next round. If Montreal takes care of business and beats New York city FC, I I could see Montreal beating Philly on the road, just by the way they they're set up. However, I think the union, their, their back line, Andre Blake goalkeeper of the year. (laughs) I mean, just from that standpoint, very tough to get opportunities to score. And Carranza and Mikel Ur, just two strikers that have worked really well uh, this year, scoring goals. And I think their partnership is starting to set the tone for this group. Yeah, I don't see any weak spots, Heath, in Philly's lineup. I mean, you look at them, you have two of their three defenders or two of the three Defender of the Year finalists were both from Philly. Glessens ended up winning it yesterday. Congratulations to him. Andre Blake was named as the goalkeeper of the year. Congratulations to him. Where's their weakness? I just don't know if it exists. So so when FC Cincinnati gets their chances, they have to take them as they have done in their two previous matchups so far this season. I mean, I would say that they're probably when you when you just match up Philadelphia Union in general, right, is that they haven't played the young players as much as uh, as I think that the model would have liked, even when they were up a lot of goals. And so I would I would question as you got, the, the longer you can take the union into their depth, I think you're, you're better chances. Of course, they've got incredible capabilities off the bench, but they haven't really gone to a lot of the young guys that have that potential uh, for, for a lot of this season. So I would say that's where I, I think Cincinnati could, could, could have some uh, opportunities. The, the deeper they go, the, the longer they force Union to go deeper into their bench, whether that's you know the late in the second half or stoppage time, extra time, that sort of thing. But they are not a weak team whatsoever um, and have at times throughout the season – had the best player in every position on the field at different mm-hmm, times of the mm-hmm. season, right? Whether that's their center backs, whether that's a goal scorer, whether that's their, their midfield in terms of statistics and, 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 and performance, if they can bring all that together, I don't see them being stopped in this one. But like you said before, Jimmy, there, it is the playoffs. There are certain factors that, that are just different and, and um, yeah, we'll find out. I do. I think they win this one, but um, uh the back of your mind always talks about the one seeds and he goes, I like, know, I know, I know, I like, know. Well, you know, it's, it's, like a, it's that three headed monster. I mean, Vasquez, yeah. Brenner and, and Lucho Acosta, you're, if they defend with seven and attack with those three, 
you really you, you give yourself a good chance on on the counter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's interesting. I, I what's interesting though, and I think we need to bring up too, is that Philadelphia scored more goals than anybody else in MLS this year and gave mm-hmm. up the least amount of goals this year. Their their goal difference was plus forty five. It's really really impressive. They've only lost once in the last two months. That was a four zero thrashing, by the way, to Charlotte FC. Uh, that's their biggest buck kicking of the year. But prior, that's their their only it cost loss. Cost them the shield. It cost them the shield. It did cost them the shield. You're right. It, but but um, amongst that, at the end of August, they beat DC United six zero. Right after that game, they beat Colorado six zero. Then they beat Atlanta United four one. I mean, they just were just scoring goals for fun. They beat the Red Bulls away from home two zero. Then beat Orlando City five one. I mean, they went on this stretch where it was a joke. I mean, you, they couldn't they couldn't they weren't giving up any goals and they couldn't stop scoring. And you wonder if they can catch that type of fire. If they do, obviously, they're going to be unbeatable in these playoffs, which is what I'm banking on because I have them to go the whole way, which means I'm definitely going to have them beating FC Cincinnati. So that's our preview for tonight's two games in MLS playoffs. Make sure you check them out if you get a chance. All the playoff games have been incredibly exciting, and and some more eyeballs on it uh, will never hurt to continue to grow the game in this country. Hold on, All Jimmy, right, let's, Jimmy, hold what, on. Somebody what, what, asked me if this is what? lotion over my shoulder, so I just want to address this real quick <laughs> <laughs> before anybody... This is uh oh boy, this is a a plug. No, it's not a plug. Actually, it's it's somebody that Kalen Carr knows is like magic spray designer. It's (laughs) it's called nutmeg magic spray. You know the spray that they get with the injuries Uh, where they they come on the field. And this guy sent it to me, and it's in the shape of a a, of like a spray paint can. I thought that was kind of cool. It's pain relief for footballers, it says. Um, Hashtag ad. That's uh that's that's cool (laughs) that you put your lotion in a in a, in a spray can, dude. I've never seen anybody yeah. do that before. <laughs> yeah. it's, spray, it's spray on lotion. No, it's spray from the football on. collective. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this from like a decade ago, but it's a pretty awesome. All right, this awesome this thing. was all I mean, planned. This, this was, was definitely this mar- planned. This is his marketing hey, did, team here. What, what other names do you have in the yeah. chat? Are you writing well, your own questions? Actually, see? I actually have this other product here. Hold on. Uh, it was sent to me. Uh, by uh unbelievable unbelievable yep. these are the diver's shot glasses that i have uh <laughs> Neymar, who's a diver with his diving gear on uh oh, but I, I don't know where these are from i just got them on a on all right a, while we're doing shameless plugs make sure you drop us a follow on twitter iswt pod we would love that support hit like and subscribe on the youtubes if you haven't already hit subscribe leave us a five-star review mm-hmm. if you enjoy the soothing sounds of our voices on any podcast platform of your choice all right let's talk about some results that have already happened today, and we'll get into some other the midweek action for our player pool. Matt Turner, another clean sheet, boys. Three games for the Arsenal. Excuse me, four games for the Arsenal. Three clean sheets as they beat PSV Eindhoven at home, 1-0. to zero. Granite Xhaka with the goal, who's out, being reinvigorated this season. He's a renaissance, this guy. He's still got a yellow card because that's what Granite Xhaka does. But good news for Matt Turner. Uh, Heath, I'll come back to you on this. I've seen I'm seeing some comments that maybe he's still not our number one. We had Zach Steffen in Middlesbrough have a big 4-1 win uh, yesterday, and that was that was important. They were down 1-0. They came back and scored four unanswered. Zach starting to seems like he's playing a little bit better, a little bit sharper. He can only do what he can with the guys in front of him. They do give up a lot of chances, but sometimes it makes you look better as a goalkeeper. Matt Turner, conversely, though getting the clean sheets, hasn't really been peppered at any point. You know, I mean, he's had to make a save here or there, but it's not like he's getting shelled like I think Zach Steffen is on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, th- that <laughs> argument can be sold. That argument can be sold both ways, right? Which is like the best teams in the world require their goalkeepers to make three saves a game. And they got to be huge saves. I'm not saying that's Matt Turner, but Matt Turner in these circumstances is going to have to come up with a, a couple saves or two. And I would argue that that can be, that's a challenge in itself, right? Where you're not facing a lot of action. You got to stay dialed in and focused and be able to organize and then make those few plays that make you win games. We were talking about that with 
Maxime Kripot, uh with, we're, with LAFC. We're, we're not ever questioning Matt Turner's goalkeeping abilities. I mean, he was peppered with the Revs, one goalkeeper of the year. We, we've seen what he can do as a goalie. It's not about the saves. It's about the feet, right? And I think, yeah. if anything, Arteta's comments about Matt Turner's progress and playing with his feet, that, for me, is is what we should be focused on. Okay. Oh, I, I fully, I, I fully agree. But, but it's also about the way in which we decide we're going to play. You take it off the last two games. It doesn't matter uh, what what uh, goalkeeper you put in. Now, if you if you want to force us to play <laughs> yeah. out of the back, then yeah, it should be Zach Steffen for sure. Uh, but at the same time, we've seen Zach Steffen make uh, mistakes with his feet. Mm-hmm. Matt Turner, though, uh, is a, is a different conversation. But o- overall, it's really easy to say, yeah, but he's not facing any action. Oh yeah, well, like this guy is getting Europa League action as a goalkeeper. Before a World Cup, that is huge for us. I don't it's care huge. if he doesn't touch the ball once. It is huge. I've, you know, I've played in games where where you don't have a ton of action come up your side or whatever. But if it's in a big game and 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 all of that, like I left, I got battered by uh, Bayern Munich in my first Bundesliga game. I left a better player. It's not. It's not always right. about like, oh yeah, he made ten saves in the Europa League every game. That makes him better. It's the experience. It's so many mm-hmm. other details that go into making him a better player that I think it's hugely beneficial, regardless of. People saying, "Yeah, but it's an easy game, or it's Europa League, or he didn't face any. Uh, he didn't face any action." No, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that's a nice flex that you played against Bayern Munich. I, I played against Real Madrid once, and I learned a lot in those 90 minutes. No, you don't say. I did. I did. <laughs> I learned. Say. I learned a lot though in those 90 minutes because when you're when you're out on the field against some world class players and you actually get to see what world class looks like, you do learn how to handle yourself, how patient you have to be, how disciplined you have to be, how efficient those guys are at their runs, the timing of their runs, and how switched on you have to be at all times if you want to really compete with these guys consistently for a full 90 minutes. And I think to your point, Heath, it's a really valuable point, getting that experience, whether he's directly involved in everything and every, you know, him getting shelled probably isn't always in, in, his, in his favor as well. I think it's important. I think it's an incredibly important point, and, and I'm glad you brought it up. Now it's your turn, Charlie, to tell us who you played against and learned a lot from. <laughs> What's the I, point of the show if we can't just flex, you know? Yeah, yeah what's, what's, what's the point? I'd say that the moment where I was playing against world-class players was was Spain. And, you know, you look at that back line, it was Puyo, PK, uh, Sergio Ramos, and Captavia. That was the back line, Casillas and goal. Seeing how they move, how they organize, and then Lucio the next game, Danny Alves, Maicone, um, you You're forced to understand the tempo and when you see that hole open in the gap, making sure you get into the channels so they can play you the ball and you, you realize how important hold up play is. Cause if you lose the ball against those quality teams, you don't touch it for a couple minutes, your team suffers, they point at you. So every touch has to be clean. Those for me are, are some of the moments that, that stand out to me when you're talking about top class, how, how fast the ball moves, how quick they, players interchange and, and communicate and talk. So I also that, think what's interesting that some... is that, that these players don't get trapped either. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they, they can already see what you're trying to do and they just, they just go the other direction. Like no problem. I've seen that before a thousand times to your that's, point. That's shabby. That, that, is, that is shabby, which, you know, there's a, a graphic that popped up today on, on social media. Who is the player that best you... player to never have won the ball indoor. Yes. And shabby yeah. for, for, for me. Cause I'm like, how the hell this guy was so good. He was five steps ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, Mycon really quick. I hadn't thought about Mycon in years. Wasn't he about three times your size, Charlie? Or like he was, what? A, he was a big back. <laughs> yeah, he's a big dude, big dude. All right, let's keep this conversation 
going, let's stay in the Premier League, or at least with the Premier League team. Christian Pulisic subbed on in the 61st minute of Chelsea's 0-0 draw at Brentford. Both teams put five shots on target. I know that Christian had a good opportunity when he came on, started to drive the game like always. We're seeing reports now that, and I'm going to bring it up here because it was in part of our our, our, our group text stuff. Apparently there's a, a report out there saying that Graham Potter loves having Christian Pulisic at the club and Pulisic loves being at Chelsea. He has become a popular figure at the club. Also notes that a new contract is very possible and he expects him to play more in the upcoming matches. Oh, this is sick. This is playing with your emotions. Isn't it? Yeah, but this but is... but but Jimmy, how much of that how much of that is where the Graham Potter happy to have Pulisic there? Of course he's going to say that. He's a new coach. He likes everybody there right now. He's going to show right, a good attitude. Right. To then somebody else filling in the gaps of what was said. Like was that Graham Potter said that or you know, like I don't think Graham Potter's talking new contract in 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 the context of that. No, he's probably not, but I still don't think he's – well, he's definitely not going I, – I don't think he's going to be gone in January. That's – I think he's going to have to stay out the whole season. Januaries you know? are hard for sure anyway just because of what he would cost to leave is is always tough within the budgeting of a, of a season for, for any team that's – unless they're super desperate uh, to spend the money it would, it, it would cost to get to get him. But, I mean, it's think, good hope. Do you think do you think Grand Potter has to play this kind of American favoritism because he's got an American owner? No. Or, or do you think no, that no. matters? No? Mm-mm. No. Okay. They, just, they, just, they, I just want to have wanna, that, that, that part of the conversation. They just want to win. At the end of the day, they want to win. They want a strong team. And if, you could, if you're a manager and you can have a player like Christian Pulisic on the bench, of course I want him. I keep him. Yeah, I, right, want, I want all the weapons I can have. Because yeah. if one player goes gets injured, which is very likely because of all the matches they play or, or a suspension, whatever it is, I have someone that can fill a spot and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to go down to the right, academy or, right. or to the reserve team or to like yeah. my fifth choice, right? I can go to a player who's done it, who's had success. And I have to, this is how you see, I think, the quality of managers on the mental space, keeping players engaged and motivated by talking to the media about a player who's not playing, who, and then at times when he has played, he's done well. You have to keep him engaged because if you go in the media and go, ah, I don't know about his future, ah, I don't really rate him or he's far behind. He's got to wait his chance. What is that going to do for Christian? If you're on the, on the sidelines, just training hard. But if your manager goes and says, man, he's well liked here. Everyone loves him. I can see us giving him a new contract. He's just got to wait his chance, but he's doing awesome. We're all proud of him. If I'm working hard, I'm going, okay, I'm going to get there. I'm, it's just the way you frame it for a player who's, who's still engaged. You want him still bought in because as soon as you lose those players on the bench, it's almost impossible to get them back, at least yeah, in, of course. In, in the short term, right? So, um, well, I think that's what we saw last smart, year, at least smart man Tuchel. management. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, it's interesting to see. Oh, but, what I mean, th- it, but it, it, you know, I agree with you, Charlie, and that that only lasts so long, right? With each manager, manager, you get that window of time that they tr- the player trusts you, right? Oh, yeah, I'm part of your plans. I'm part of your plans. Like mm-hmm. Charlie said, a manager's job is to manipulate that situation, right? Because if I can have a Christian Pulisic as number six on my bench or five on my bench dream scenario right not a dream scenario for christian pulisic but if you can keep him motivated and get christian pulisic level performances out of your sixth on the bench or fifth or fourth or whatever that is uh because we've seen them use five subs and he doesn't come in that's a dream scenario until you need to be able to make the change so if you're him you're playing a little bit of that game of like either he's part of your plans or you're not but you still need to extract all of the value you can out of a player like that to get results until you can move them i mean not to say i don't trust graham potter because graham potter has 
become a manager the hard way. He has done the the, the work to go from you know Oostersons and in, in 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 Sweden, I believe. I don't know if he took over when they were in the second division or or first, but like literally clawing and clawing, yeah. climbing all the way up the ladder. I second respect division. a guy like that because he's had to do that uh, Didn't at skip every any level steps. to make it. Yeah. yeah, second division in Sweden. That super Epton, That think about that to Chelsea. That is paying your dues. I mean, he, <laughs> he managed against Greg Berhalter in the second division in Sweden. Who won? I'm curious. You got to go back and find that. We, I, I'm pretty sure. That way, we, that way we can just say if Greg won, Greg is better than Graham Potter. And that's why Christian Pulisic should be. Should be yeah, starting. I think Potter's team it, won. They, either, they, either way, this well. whole thing just feels like a big distraction. And that doesn't bring you peace when you're a player and you got this other stuff mm-hmm. that's floating around. Hopefully... We got a uh, mental giant over there in Christian Pulisic who can handle all this stuff. So far, so good, but we'll see how it goes because we're only judged by our World Cups, right? I mean, when you're, when you're with the national team, it's how you perform there. I mean, everybody can talk about friendly this, friendly that, but uh, what are you doing in the biggest of games? That's the most Facts. important thing. All right, let's talk about Ricardo Pepe. Man scored again. And Groningen's 3-0 win away from home. And what I loved about his goal when I saw it, I'm like, Greg's starting him. He's starting him against Wales because he counter-pressed the holding midfielder or center back stepped into the space. And, and into the midfield with the ball. And Pepe came, good hard pressure, late in the game, poked it away from him. And then, you know, a couple plays later, he's on the end of it to tap it in. That's That, for me, is Greg's pressing system in a nutshell. And right now, Ricardo Pepe is playing that position oh, to a T. Resident think, number nine, Charlie, do you, do oh, you agree oh, yeah. that Ricardo Pepe could be starting now? <laughs> oh, you think he's going to do that against uh, John Stones? You know, like I did. do. I do. I 100% believe <laughs> yeah. it. I, uh, I am going all in. I, yes, I know they're playing, uh, you know, not the greatest team ever in, in uh, the Dutch first division in this particular game. I think it was. But John it, Stones yeah. makes mistakes sometimes. And if they're going to be overconfident, Charlie, you never know. You never yeah, know. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying the level of quality uh that where Pepe was playing in a cup match in in Holland versus you know the the center backs of of England uh quite different but as a striker sometimes you don't get service in the world cup sometimes you're defending you have to make plays to get involved in the in the in the final third this is a, a perfect example of a player using the defense to turn into offense, the transition. And it's his play, checking back on the center back to win it off, and then he makes a great run to get in behind and and get the goal. I love that because you have to find different ways to have an influence in the game, an impact in the game. That's what made him Ricardo Pepe. That's why he he did so well with the the U.S. Men's National Team in World Cup qualifying because of his work ethic. He can can play both sides of the ball, hard runs in the box, and he's confident right now, confident, uh, confident right now, and that's why he made the move to the Dutch era divisie because he needed playing time and he needed need to find himself, find that confidence. He's doing that. I don't think it's a doubt that he's going to the World Cup. I still think it's in doubt if he starts. But if you watched Jesus Ferreira and the MLS Cup playoffs, he was playing like an eight. He was dropping way too deep. He he was not threatening at all. And that's not that's not hopeful if you're looking towards the World Cup in, in the group stage because you need a, a striker who's going to be threatening playing off the back shoulder of, of the center backs. That was not the case for Jesus Ferrer in the playoffs in a big match. Now, he scored the penalty, big pressure situation. You love to see that. But in terms of, of the run of play, didn't really satisfy uh, the, the characteristics of a number nine for the U.S. men's national team in a World Cup. All right. Charlie has spoken, everybody. Uh, I don't know. Who are you starting then against Wales, Charlie, before I throw it over to Heath? 
We're going to ask you every day. Every single episode from here starts, on out. And you can pick somebody new every day. You can. We're if you, you want to go with day. Chris Richards, you love Chris yeah. Richards. You want to have Chris Richards with the number nine. Yeah. And if you don't want to answer these questions, Charlie, then, then you should have been a striker. He practices with Crystal Palace. It's the Premier League team. Let's put him at the okay. number nine. Okay. Who I think starts is Jesus Ferreira. Who, <laughs> oh, who, imagine. Who, who I would start, I'd start Ricardo Pepe. Okay. Josh mm. Sargent's playing pretty well, too. Does a lot uh, of the same things. He, he does, but not, not, not all the same things that Ricardo Pepe offers this team. And then I'm still waiting for Jordan, Jordy P. Folk. I see some people in the comments say, go on a rant. Jordy, Jordy P. Folk is scoring goals. Now, being he in the starting he striker. He lately, and he wasn't in the uh, squad for Union Berlin this midweek. What's, what's lately? Two matches? I'll, <laughs> but, I'll look it up. You keep talking. I'll, I'll look I, it up. I, I will say, Jordy P. Folk has to be included in the squad. Now, as a starter with the U.S. Women's National Team, probably not because he's not great in that system with one striker. That, that's just not his thing. But if my man goes in to a game where we're down a goal, we need to score, you're playing two up top, you're giving more support to that number nine, that's that's your guy. You need a goal scorer. You need someone who's just going to be the fox in the box, Jordy P. Folk. So there's my rant on P. Folk. There's my rant on the nine. Listen, I, got, go. I might have to pause your rant here because Jordy P. Folk hasn't scored in over a month. How uh, many games? He had an assist against Bruce Dortmund. It's uh, six games. Six games he hasn't scored? Five games. Sorry, five games he hasn't scored. And he's only scored one in his last eight. I'm just, and, I'm just, those are, just, I'm just, I'm not adding anything else to that, okay. everybody. I'm just saying those, that's that, or those are the stats. One mm-hmm. goal and one assist in his last eight games. That's it. Wow. All competitions. That's all I'm saying. Wow. It's not, it's not neither, neither here nor there. Yeah. It still I, doesn't Pepe, change. Pepe didn't for, me, score for a year. So like, change. it's not an issue here. It right? still doesn't change anything for me. He's, no, he's, I agree. I think he should be in the starting squad on the top team table. in the Bundesliga. I get it. Yeah. That's it. Done. I get it. I'm good. I get it. Heath, you want to jump in on this number nine conversation? Uh, I, only only that. Uh, my 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 quick uh, question back to Charlie would be: I know it's against a a lower division team in Holland that Pepe scores. It scores in the 90th minute. They're already winning two, but two nil. The yeah. fact that he scores, they're winning two nil. Sorry, yeah. uh, and he makes it three in the 90th minute. The fact that he scores in the way that he did, right, tracking back to get the ball. But the fact that he does score, period. Is is that a is that worth something to you, Charlie? Because yes. it's connecting to a yes. number of goals that he's already scoring, right? It's a form thing right now. And for him, mm-hmm. leaving that game from a confidence standpoint of, hey, this is a game I should have had goals and I didn't get goals versus, hey, I got my goal um, after having some chances throughout the game against the lower division team are two different thought, thought processes, right? A hundred percent, the goal matters. As a striker, you're working to score. You're working to find confidence. You have to prove yourself. He's on loan there. You have to go into the game and show the desire and the hunger to score, even if it's up 2-0. He didn't have to bust his butt to make toe poke and, and, and win the ball as, a, as an attacker. I love Especially it. Especially in that, that stage it's, of the it's game. A, like, it's, we're, we're at 85th, 80, he's still yeah. locked in. And, yeah, and it was hungry. Stuck. Hungry. I want, I want my strikers hungry. My man is hungry. There's, I'm not taking anything away from the goal. What I'm saying is it's, it's not like he's playing against uh, – John Stones or Kyle Walker or you know some some of those big time players, but a goal's a goal. The work ethic it still counts, and that's something that's going to be needed in the World Cup. All right, we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about a bunch of grown men in small shorts kicking a ball in a certain direction. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And we are excited that you're joining us. We appreciate your support. And now it's time to talk about some more players in our U.S. Men's National Team player pool. See how sharp they are going into this World Cup. We are 30 days away exactly from the World Cup beginning in Qatar. It is going to be pretty ridiculous. And uh, I look forward to the whole event kicking off and to see how everything plays out. But let's talk about Gio Reyna, who I hope we get on the show one day, boys. That would be pretty awesome if he ever comes on in soccer. With trust. That would be one of our greatest guests of all time. But he came on as a sub in the 68th minute for Borussia Dortmund in the DFB Pokal, the German Cup. And it was a 2-0 win against Hanover. I thought he was excellent in his 22 minutes. Heath, as our Germany Bundesliga expert, I'll let you uh, chime in first on this and playing in the DFB Pokal and how difficult that can be at times to try to try to maybe get the energy up to make that happen, to match the energy from the lower division teams. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what do you think about this? Gio looked excellent. Um, he just, what's interesting is he combined a lot with Jude Bellingham. And uh, I, I uh, he looked like he was having fun. And, and I love when Gio Reyna has a smile on his face when he plays. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 more minutes for him, which I think is really important. Uh, it's against a legit opponent. Obviously, the 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 issues is that there's just different, right? When you're playing Champions League, when you're playing in the league and you're competing for things, the cup, uh, when you're at a club that size, it means something. But you know that you have enough depth to win those games, right? They played against, I think it was Hanover uh, in that match. Um but for him to continue to get minutes and feel better and better to get further and further from his injuries, I think is super, super important. Uh, but also a chance to maybe try things with a little bit less pressure, right? When you get minutes against a team where, you know, you, you, you come on the field, you're already up and it's in, it's in a cup match. So the cup match is a, a cup is a big, big deal. Uh, anywhere in the world, the cups are a big deal. But you're not always playing in front of as big or as lively of a crowd. Like you said, Jimmy, it's not always as easy to get up for it as it would be, say, the Champions League. But um for him to get another to, to for him to get another game i'm just happy right to just mm-hmm. i i every time dortmund play i i either i watch the game or i look on the live ticker and i'm just i'm terrified because of just how good he is <laughs> i'm not kidding i'm terrified because of just how good he is when you see him isolated one on one situations i i and i'm going to keep on saying this he's still got the most upside of maybe any player we've ever had um for the for the us national team pool and the age that he is and where he's at in his progress and so i'm terrified just seeing him because i'm like what is what is actually wrong with his body? Is he passed it? But when he when he finishes any game, whether it's ten minutes or it's ninety minutes, I just get super excited about kind of <laughs> the fact He's that we got that smooth cut, that silky yeah. smooth cut. Oh, oh and this change of speed. I mean, when he yeah. when he makes the decision to go and and he sees the pass that he wants to make, and then he changes his speed to get in and get, in, and get into a good spot to then re re receive it uh, is is awesome. And 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 again, I I, I know that it was the. German Cup and they're playing a, a lower division team and there's probably a little bit more space to to do what he wants to do but Charlie I was really impressed with with how he looked and and I can't emphasize enough that uh 
he does look like he's enjoying himself and, and maybe he just felt good, felt healthy. He had that spring in his step, you know, could trust his, his muscles to, to do what he wanted them to do. Cause it feels like at times, or at least in the past that he was a little nervous not to maybe push and to accelerate mm-hmm. or, or to sprint because you know, that y'all know I'm going to get another strain or I'm going to pull my muscle again. I think when you look at his injuries, maybe he gets over it and he thinks it's done and you don't have to constantly work. When you play a match now, it's I got an ice bath. I got to do all this strengthening. It, it never stops. Like you always have to continue to monitor and and you know think about recovery, but also the strengthening aspect. So it's it's a process from from start to to, to finish. And I think for him, it's understanding your body when to push, when to when to relax, when to focus on strengthening versus when to to think about ice ice bathing and and you know the game ready. He's a special player. There's, there's no doubt. I would love to see him be 90 minutes fit and ready. It is uh, James. It is the, the U S training kit, the warmups. Um, but I will say, <laughs> I love when Charlie just stops and answers questions. Yeah. He's, he's, he's an absolute, he's a new absolute baller. He's a game changer for us. I think he, he would be better suited to be more central. The, the problem is we're, we're congested because that's the strongest part of our team. Eunice Musa, Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney. So it, it'll be interesting to see how Greg moves forward in the World Cup if from here on out, Giorena doesn't get injured and he keeps building his match fitness. I think Brendan Aronson is, is no longer a starter, but it's Timo Weah hmm. or Reina. And then you have Pulisic on the other side and then your nine, whoever it's going to be, Pepe or Ferreira. Okay. Charlie's making some big hmm. statements here today, Heath. Uh, let's I mean, talk about... Jimmy, uh, uh, do, you, do, you, do you disagree though that like... Uh, this is a constant issue I deal with of all the positions. It's the right midfield position that I cannot figure out how we get those guys all on the field. I don't want to bench Aronson. I don't want to bench way. I don't want to bench Reina, but I honestly can't play. I, I, I really appreciate. And, and one of the things I should have mentioned when talking about how Gio played in this game was that he was popping up more centrally. And I know Charlie likes him at that spot too. He just, he just feels like he's more involved. He's not stuck on a wing. He's not hugging a sideline. When you're in the middle of the field, you can turn either direction. When you're on the sideline, you can really only turn one. And, and some players are built for that. Christian Pulisic is one of those players. He likes to pick it up on the sideline and run at you. Gio Reyna can do it, but I think he just prefers to be in the middle. So that means we have to sacrifice somebody else. Do we have the courage? If Weston McKinney isn't playing well, does Greg Berhalter and his coaching staff have the courage to have Musa and Adams with Gio Reyna on the top of that, that little triangle in midfield? And then Timo Weah on the right. Brendan Aronson's our super sub. Christian Pulisic on the left. And Ricardo Pepe up top. Does he have that? Or Ferrer up top, whoever he goes with? I don't know. I mean, he might have to consider it. It's not like Weston's blowing it up right now. He's been solid. He's picked up his game in the last one or two when he needed Mm -hmm. to because it wasn't going well for him. But these are tough decisions. And you have to wonder, how do I get all these talented players on the field at the same time? To your point, Heath. So these are options. But what pisses me off is that we had those four games in June and we didn't try anything different. We didn't try... it pisses me off. I'm, I know I'm, I'm, hey, back I'm, I'm, broken I'm, record. I'm with you. I always think about what if we did a four, two, three, one with, with the two sitting sixes, Tyler Adams and Weston, and then the three in front of them, Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, and Yunus Musa. And those are your three attacking midfielders. You, they could, you know, obviously be super advanced and almost be like all tens, but they also can help defensively and, and clog up the middle and transition game. You don't have to worry. That transition is going to be fire. And then you have Timo way up top as the nine. I would have loved to I'm see saying. that. 
I would have loved, but it's too late. You can't experiment well, it's too late now. now. Yeah. Right. But, but it's too late to really try it now, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, my, my, my thought on that is exactly that. Like, the, the more I think about just having more of our attackers connected, at a certain point, MMA has to break up if you don't change, if you want to play this way, but you want to add a Gio Reyna, MMA has to break up. We don't want to break up MMA. MMA. So you need to think differently about how you're going to connect them because if you played 4-2, two, two sitting in front of your back line, 3-1, you're losing in, you're losing someone from MMA, right? Yeah, and you got to be comfortable with 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 that. I think that'd for be me, fantastic. Me, but like you said, it's late. I, I would lose Weston actually, and and maybe bring him on. And I would keep Musa. I would start Musa next to Adams if I was going to do it. If you have to ask me, right? No, now. Musa's not a six. He can be the eight. You can just have Adams kind of sit, and then Musa can just pick a so spot. Who's the six then? Adams is the six. Musa's the eight, and then you have Giorena as the ten. And Wait, I'm no. not. I'm not in the Charlie four two three one right now. I'm in my own four three three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you're taking an L versus my team. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Jimmy, what's that like? What's that like L. going into your second World Cup game with zero points? Because you just took an L right now, you know? <laughs> you took that L. I don't know. You never know. Depends. I don't it know, depends. man. I, it, even, even in 4-2-3-1, uh, it's, it's, again, it comes back to the argument of, like, which of your three in MMA is coming off if you're going to change anything. To add Giorena in there to get to make sure you, you want to get Aaron on. I just included all three. I just included all three in my 4-2-3-1. Okay, Weston so. is alongside Tyler Adams. Those are my two sixes. Weston obviously has a little bit more freedom, but he's going to be super disciplined in this system. I'm going to tell him, I know you love to get forward. You're going to have to. You're going to have to hold. That that's just how it is. I actually I think and Moose then, is a a better six than than McKinney. I agree. Not in the air. I just took the L2, Jimmy. We just both lost to Charlie. <laughs> just, not in the air, I, I not just, tackling. I, you, you, you want Musa to be more advanced because he's I get on the that dribble. you want you him to be that. Six, That's not the question. The question dribble. is who's the better of the six, Musa or McKinney? Yeah, he's our, he's I, our I Pirlo, baby. He's, he's that, Stop he's that, it. He's that six on he's not, he's not that 10 on defense. He's more of an attacking-minded player. So is Weston. I'm just saying that I think that Musa would do more of the defensive work than Weston. That's what I'm saying. You, you might say he'll work harder. I, I'd say defensively, who's going to give you more an event of an advantage? It'd be Wes McKinney because of his aerial ability and his fair, tackling that's ability. That's, he's, he's, that's what he's he's supposed to do for, for Juve, Juve. It's just tackle, get it off your feet, and then make late runs in the box, be dangerous on set pieces. That's it. Okay. That's what I want from him as my six. That I'm way you can still include. <laughs> you Imagine Musa, Pulisic, and Reyna together in the midfield. All three can dribble, all three can pass, all three can score goals, all three can defend if you need if you needed them to be. I mean Musa more more so than those two. And then you have Timo Way to stretch back line. So they can't all con, con, be condensed on that midfield. And you've still got Aronson off. You've off still got Aronson out of your team. Yeah. Hey everybody in the comments section, come on, let's go. The four two three one. I just, I just, I love that this, this is all. Uh, you're just chucking away. It's all hypothetical because it's not going to go this way. I'll just be pissed. I just <laughs> yeah. want. I'll just say this: <laughs> that all of a sudden we get into the World Cup, and then, and then we start to try some of the stuff that we should have been trying months in advance, but or months ago. But whatever. Uh, all right, so let's get through the other games of note. Sevilla Valencia one one on Tuesday. Yunus uh, Musa started that one, came off as a sub. I think the big one though is that we had Josh Sargent and Norwich taking on Ethan Horvath and Luton. And Luton won 1-0, but Hor uh, Sargent came off at halftime due to a knock. Now, 
they're saying that it's not that significant. They just wanted to be precautious. But a knock is a knock is a knock. And we've seen a lot of guys have those knocks turn into something much longer. Team away in particular, who had an ankle injury that, that from what I understand, lasted a lot longer than maybe should have, or maybe he was back healthy in the team, whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. It feels like on that one. But but still, obviously, something to be concerned about, given how well Josh Sargent has been playing for Norwich. All right, let's get to final thoughts. Keith Pierce, I'm coming to you first on your final thought of this great podcast, as always. Appreciate you guys' conversation and the chat's popping off, which I always appreciate. Keith, take it away. Hey, no, I, I just say that like both in the comments and, and you two, these, these are really fun conversations because it shows the fluidity of us, even ourselves, having to be open-minded about what a lineup, what a formation, what a system of play would be in a World Cup versus a friendly versus a qualifier and how you go about getting the most of our players and you can start to poke holes in everything along the way, which means we are definitely a work in progress, um, but it just sucks. We don't have any more games to try to figure out what that is. And we use those two to try to figure something else out. I don't know what we were trying to figure out, but whatever it was, we, we checked out, <laughs> check that off the list. Well, hopefully we figured uh, yeah. out that what we but, want to do isn't going to probably work and that we have yeah. to be ready to be fluid <laughs> and adjust. So I'm actually glad I wrote this. I tweeted it after the Japan game that I'm glad we got punched in the face because it's going to make us have to adapt. We didn't really adapt all that well against Saudi Arabia, but still, I, I think there's a lot to gain from that. Just like our experiences against Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. Am I right, Heath? I'm going to tie those two two points together. Charlie, final thoughts from you. National team coming out of the World Cup will go to the four-two-three-one. We'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, this this episode was fire. I mean, they're all fire, of course. But I, I'm I'm hyped uh, for for the next couple of shows. We might have a Special guest? I don't know. I heard we always me. have a special yeah, guest. We, 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 we bring out the big guns. Big I think Charlie Charlie should get the job of uh, formation specialist for U.S. soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I like, you know what's I feel funny? Like that should be technical director. No, <laughs> Jimmy. I know. I know you're closing this out, but they had that interview um, with uh, what's his name from Brentford and, and Graham Potter after the game uh, the other day, and they asked. They got to ask each other a question, and. They, they asked Graham Potter, he asked Graham Potter straight up, like, why do you play with so many different formations? And he goes, well, it depends on the opponent, the players that we have and all these things, but we ch- what we play within those formations should all be consistent across all of our formations. And I found that to be a really interesting sort of thought process of that. No, we play the same. It's just the starting points of players are all, all are, right. are, are different. And I, th- I thought ju- that consistency is a really, really powerful, uh, powerful thing that I, I, obviously you assume it, but you don't, when he's put it into words, it really gave some context to me. Yeah, that's great. And and uh, you hope that the players are absorbing that information so that mm-hmm. that consistency can come out on the field. And I think that's the trick with the top, top coaches is how they communicate and, and how that communication is being received by 25 you, different personalities and it players. It was Thomas Frank, by the way. Voice. Thomas Frank. Thomas, yeah, do, Thomas either, Frank. do either of you have aspirations to coach at some point? In your, I do. In your, I'm working on my A license. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm, be an MLS head coach. That would be... Right now, I'm working on uh, brainwashing America's youth, so that's where my focus is at the moment. Okay. But I think he's going to coach point, a team in that soccer tournament, and he's going to be the highest paid coach in uh, in, <laughs> oh, the, in, oh, the 7v7? In, in the U.S. I, yeah, I, I got they, in. They I'm in on the dollars. 7v7. I, I I I paid the entry fee, and I'm out to get a million dollars next June. So you guys be on the lookout. If, if you, ever, I might have, you to have, have your seven pick. Do you already have your seven pick? I haven't picked Chuck, anybody. He'll put you in. He'll let you. He'll let I'm you just, play I'm this, that asking. shack roll backing somebody into the box for, I've, for I've, a million I've, bucks. I've, I, hey, I'm not gonna lie. I've received the call about my interest in in playing. Why That's don't you, we can say. join forces? We can have an in soccer we trust team if you want. <laughs> yeah. That's what we yep. should do. 
We should do. Well, you know what? We'll talk to the powers that be to make that happen. That is my final thought. So enjoy the MLS playoff games tonight, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, live here on the YouTubes. You can catch it on your podcast platform of choice anytime you want. And we'll break down all the big things that are happening for these guys, this player pool, ahead of the big games this weekend. Because we're getting closer to that November 9th deadline where the roster gets announced for the U.S. Men's National Team World Cup and all the players that are going to go for Greg Berhalter and his staff. All right, that's it. We're done. Let's go. Thank you for everything. Thank See you, you next CBS. Time. For Later. The 77. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.